Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. said to JJ and, and, and the board that if I did stay on, it's something that I want to do to leave a legacy for for men's football, but also uh, to help the kids. So, you know, again, it wasn't just a matter of just signing for the Socceroos. Yes, I looked at other clubs that I could have gone to in, 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 in Europe, had a couple of offers from uh, Middle East nations, but at the end of the day, I want to help Australia. I want to help the kids, but also <clears throat> probably what inspired me the most was seeing those fan sites, seeing how the Socceroos reunited the nation and seeing how many people love Australian football. And uh, just to see that was uh, something, again, that's just driven me even more to, you know, help the game as much as I can over the next three and a half years not just the Socceroos. Congratulations to Graham Arnold. New four-year contract announced this morning, reportedly worth about $6 million. And uh, he's looking forward to taking football further in his uh, next stint as the Socceroos coach. A man that knows him really well is the co-host of the Global Game here on the SEN Network. A man that played over 200 games for Sydney FC, course played overseas in Holland and also in uh, Japan and whatever but uh, he's a man that's uh, pretty well traveled understands the world game very well and also capped himself with 21 caps for the Socceroos. Alex Brosk thanks for your time. No problem Pete thanks for having me on the show. Yeah I appreciate your time mate uh, it's great isn't it really I think it's a show of support for Graham Arnold as we know uh, there were well, there was wavering support at one stage during that last campaign. It's amazing how things can turn around. Within the space of, what, a week uh, while he was over there, every, you know, the, the perception and, and public opinion on him changed uh, completely, which is great because, like you mentioned earlier, I, I do know Graham very well. I, I worked with him for a number of years and... Um, you know, I thought that some of the criticism that was that was um, thrown his way was, um, you know, a little bit unjust, I think. Uh, and he did incredibly well with the squad, you know, that, that he had, that he took over there. Uh, he got the best out of them, I think. Well, he seems to think that there's more to come, and, and so do I. I think there's a lot of young players in that team that have, you know, recently made moves overseas, and, and we're going to see the best of them in, over the coming years. But, um, look, I, I think he deserves it. You know, I think he um, he went through a lot in that World Cup campaign. And um, again, with a lot of criticism, he, you know, he backed himself, the uh, Football Australia, they backed him. And, um, you know, I think he, he rightfully got the contract extension and he can help grow uh, grow the game, which is what he's wanting to do now. It's so important for any coach in any league, whether it be a professional league, the likes of a Liverpool or Manchester United, Barcelona, to even the local leagues, if you could term it that way. The coach is so important, but it's also so important to have the respect 
of the players. And even when the Socceroos were going through tough times in their qualification, it appears now that he never lost the backing of his players. Uh, they believed in him. Oh, they did. And that's something that was there and, and strong from beginning right through to the end. They believed in him because of the belief he had in them. Again, when everybody was criticising the players and saying that they couldn't do it, that they weren't good enough, you know, he was saying the complete opposite to them and, and inside that change room, inside those walls um, of the Socceroos set up. And, and as a player, I mean, you feed off that. You know, if, if you've got a manager in charge who's telling you, um, you know, how good you are all the time and that he believes in you, you, you go out there with a confidence that you want to repay that faith that he has in you. And Arnie's a master at doing that. You know, he, he's always been good at getting the best out of players and, and, and the mind games and um, the mental side of, of football and players. Um, he's fantastic at that, you know. And look, I think someone like him, it's, it's very hard to come across, um, you know, in terms of coaching with everything that he brings. It's not just the coaching, the football, all the stuff on the field. Everything you mentioned about what he wants to do to help grow the game, that's someone that we need in charge at this moment. At, at a time where the game is at, at, at a bit of a crossroads, I think, um, in terms of where we're going um, from here. And, and he's someone who wants to to help build that and grow that. And um, I think we've got the perfect guy in charge. You mentioned about the young players and the plethora of young talent uh, that is available now at his disposal. Of course, Grant Quoll and Harry Souter. Marco Tillier, you know, Riley McGee, Keanu Backus. Saying that, uh, how excited are you? Because you were part of a generation of young players coming through the Australian system. When you look at certainly those players that I've just mentioned, uh, where will they be, do you think, in four years' time? And are are they now the backbone of the Socceroos going forward? Well, they are. I mean, the squad that he took over there, uh, for me, when, when I looked at the squad he took, I thought it was very inexperienced. And, and I, for one, was one that was saying that I, I thought that this squad, given we have so many young players, that they're just, you know, starting to, to dip their toes into European football. Um, you know, I thought in four years' time, in the next World Cup cycle, that's when we will be at our peak and we'll be better. I didn't expect much from the one just passed. And they completely surprised you know, a lot of people, but more me probably more than anybody, you know, just with the way they performed, the way they played in every single game. And I think a squad like that with the youth that they have um, and the experience that they will gain year on year from now on, I expect a lot of those boys, um, you know, to move on from where they are. You know, when we look back at the generation of, you know, Bresciano's, Grellas, Kuehl's, Cahill's, these guys all started in, you know, those the, the lower divisions of, of the leagues that they played in and then progressed. And by the time they hit 26, 27, 28, that's when they were hitting the big leagues around the world. And I think in four years' time, hopefully, we'll see this current generation of players doing the same thing in the best leagues in the world. And saying that, as uh, Graham Arnold mentioned, as it's been well documented, he did have overtures, probably in some ways even maybe more attractive financially to go to the Middle East or or go into continental Europe, but he decided to stay here because I know a couple of players reportedly were questioned what they thought about the situation, and he, they came out in full support saying uh, if the Football Australia don't reappoint Graham Arnold, it's an absolute disgrace. So I gather that Football Australia and James Johnson would have heard the so-called dialogue from some of the more experienced players about Graham Arnold, and it would have been, and uh, they, they may have kind of copped a bit of a backlash if they didn't appoint him. No, they would have, and, and I think they have to. At the end of the day, the people in charge 
they need to listen to former players and current players to to get an understanding because, like I said, I mean, a coach, uh, and you said it earlier, is so important to how, uh, not not the squad, just how they play from game to game, but the, the culture that is brought into it, players coming in and out of the squad. And our, like I said, Graham Arnold is a master at all that. So it would have been silly of them not to listen to, you know, the reports that they've been given by everybody, you know, with, with nothing but glowing praise of Graham Arnold. So they did listen. They've given him another four years, which is great. Um, it would have been a shame to see see him leave even though you know I mean he doesn't have a short memory he'd remember all the uh, negativity that would have come his way in those four Mm -hmm. years and for me that surprises me that he's actually going again but um, look it shows again what he said you know he loves Australia he loves the football here it would have been easy for him to get a a, a cash grab somewhere else but he's staying to uh, to help the code develop. And, of course, part of the charter now is the next Asian Cup in Qatar, likely to be held in early 2024. I gather there's a chance for redemption there because we were pretty poor in the 2019 tournament, uh, exiting at the quarterfinal stage. And there's an opportunity at the Asian Cup to, to go deep and possibly even win it, as Ange Postacoglu did. So how do you tackle the program now if you're coach, Alex? Is it a case of trying again, develop players that may be ready in 2026? Do you keep the squad together for the first half of this so-called cycle? It's going to be a bit of a balancing act. How would you treat this current squad? Because there'll be so, some players that no doubt will be phased out. There possibly will be. Look, I wouldn't think too many because of how young the, the squad was. But And I think he already almost did that with a couple of players, um, you know, going into that World Cup. For me, if I'm coach, and, and, and no doubt he will, I think riding off the back of what these incredible squad did at the World Cup, you need to get them together. You need to keep bonding this group, keep keep growing it. Uh, and the players that come in, you know, the younger players, Arnold's always been about, you know, bringing depth to the squad and having competition for places. I think he'll continue to do that. But there is a big tournament coming up, like you said, in early 2024 that he's going to want to be, um, you know, peaking at the right time for. And, and like you said as well, the redemption. He, he wasn't happy and, and nobody was with how that last Asian Cup went. So he's got, uh, he's got something to fix there. And I think now off the back of the World Cup, keeping this group together, they go in as, um, you know, probably hot favourites. What about as we change tack, because you are the co-host with Simon on the global game, the ambulance situation. One day, who we know played at the Perth Glory, now is involved with Adelaide, and he unfortunately incurred that broken leg, and they had to wait 13 minutes for ambulance support. But that was a Victorian government decision uh, by not having a an ambulance at the venue, it must have been horrific for the player and everybody concerned because uh, they couldn't move the player. And in the end, play was stopped for a good half an hour, wasn't it? Your your thoughts on, on the situation? Oh, look, I, I was... I think it was terribly sad seeing the scenes and for how long it seemed to drag on. I think when a player uh, suffers an injury like that, you never want to see it in any sport. But what you do want is for someone to to attend to the player as quickly as possible, make sure they're comfortable. And not just them. I think you're right. The, the, the amount of time that he was lying there, you could see his teammates and, the other, and, and people in the crowd that were seeing what was happening get more and more distressed. Um, and look, I understand the Victorian government do things a little bit different in that respect, but 
I don't think anybody wants to see something like that ever again. I think, um, you know, the, the quicker you can get a player who's suffered that sort of injury to a hospital and under proper care, um, the better. So it was a shame um, seeing that and hopefully something that gets looked at, uh, you know, very, very quickly. I think it'll be looked at very seriously there by the Victorian government, the only government that doesn't, uh, for whatever reason, at sporting venues uh, has an idle uh, Ambulance ready to action if need be, like the situation was on the weekend. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Terrific, mate. Uh, always lovely to have a chat to you, and uh, good luck with the global game uh, in coming weeks. Uh, always a great program here on the SEN Network. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it, Pete. Thank you. No worries. Good on you. Alex Brosk joining us here on uh, Sports Day WA with Peter Vlas. By the way, Graham Arnold I, will be on the Brecky Show tomorrow. Uh, sports Breakfast uh, with uh, Timmy Gossage and also Scotty Cummings between 6 and 8. They'll also speak to West Coast Eagles returning defender Tom Cole. That's from 6 o'clock tomorrow morning here on SENWA. Now, as I said, we're going to be looking over the next four days at the four Big Bash titles that the Perth Scorchers have secured. The first one was in the season of 2013-2014. When you had the likes of Simon Cadditch, Sean Marshall's here, Adam Voges, the current coach of uh, the Perth Scorchers, was batting at number four. Mitch Marsh was there. As we know, Mitch Marsh currently uh, out through injury. But they had a, a pretty good lineup, And the likes of also Nathan Coulton-Isle was there. Jason Berendorf was still playing. And that was uh, early days, and he's still going now. They had Alfonso Thomas, one of the imports. Brad Hogg was the man of the match. He took two for 17 off his four overs. And the Australian Test captain... Pat Cummins was playing for the Scorchers that season. Say and that again. Yes, Pat Cummins played for the Scorchers in that final. He got belted. Four overs, one for 47. <laughs> Would you believe? We're going to relive uh, the first Perth Scorchers BBL championship with... A man that just clobbered him that season. Absolutely hit him out of the whacker into Gloucester Park and into the Swan River. Craig Simmons joins us next here on Sports Day WA.